Good afternoon and welcome to the All Souls Forum. For today's presentation, we have Coming Down the Pike, Legislation in 2024 with Ann Calvert and Connie Taylor from the League of Women Voters. Today's presentation was recorded at the All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church on September 24th, 2023. Good morning and welcome to the forum at All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church in Kansas City. I'm Spencer Graves and a member of the forum committee. Since 1943, this forum has provided a platform for discussion of significant issues in the contemporary world. We ask our speakers to present for roughly 35 minutes and then open the floor to questions and answers. Last year and again this year, I suggested to the forum committee that we should invite representatives of our two local leagues of women voters to talk with us about what they think are the most important issues facing our democracy in the greater Kansas City area today. Both last year and this, the forum committee agreed, as did presidents of our two local leagues. Accordingly, we are blessed this morning to hear from Ann Calvert and Connie Taylor. Ann is president of the League of Women Voters of Kansas City, Jackson, Clay, and Platte Counties, Missouri. Connie is a co-president of the League of Women Voters of Johnson County, Kansas. And by the way, the League of Women Voters was founded in, in 1920, over 100 years ago, on Valentine's Day, by Carrie Chapman Catt and other women suffragists suffrage leaders after the U.S. Congress had approved the 19th Amendment guaranteeing women's suffrage, but six months before it was actually ratified and certified as part of the U.S. Constitution. I've asked them to tell our audience, including our YouTube Live and KKFI audiences, what they think are the most important issues confronting the voters here today. The title for this talk is Coming Down the Pike, What Legislation Will We See? in 2024. Anne, Connie? Thank you, Spencer. Um, and Spencer gave you just a little bit of history. He, he told you that the League was founded in 1920. Um, the Missouri League was actually founded the year before in 1919. So we predate, uh, just by a few months, the founding of the full League. And Johnson County, um, the babies on the our, our baby sisters on the other side um, were founded in uh, 1952. We are the League of Women Voters, but we have had men as members since 1974. Yep, I, I see some hands in the audience tonight today that that we have some members here. Um, I remember when my father joined the League in 1974, and I remember the debate over changing the name or not changing the name. And uh, the the men in the the league chapter that I grew up in, that my mom was very involved in, um, were adamant that they not change the name, that it stay the League of Women Voters. So I don't know if that was the debate across the country, but we did decide to keep the name. Um, we have we have leagues in actually we used to have independent leagues in Independence Raytown and Easter Jackson County, but they consolidated in 2020 or 2004 as um, 
LWV, Kansas City, Jackson Clay, and Platte counties. We also serve informally uh, Cass County as well. So um, the league is a nonpartisan organization, meaning we do not endorse or oppose any political party or candidate. Uh, we do encourage informed and active participation in our government. Um, we do encourage, um, we do that through our programs on the Johnson County side, um, educating voters on, on important issues. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But we also are fully committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, not just in principle, but in the practice that we have. So just to talk to you a little bit about some voter engagement things that we do, um, we're in high schools, um, we're at colleges, including community college. We do a lot of community events. We'll do tables um, reminding people to register to vote or just um, collaborating with them. Um, we're in senior centers um, and we're also at naturalization ceremonies. And we do many of the same kinds of events with voter registration across the city. There was a law that passed last year that made it difficult for us to register voters. It was um, HB 1878, and it required us to register with the Secretary of State if we were going to register, if we were going to assist more than 10 people in voting. However, uh, League of Women Voters of Missouri, along with the ACLU, I believe, uh, we sued. And so there is currently a stay. And so when that happens, the law reverts back to the old law. And so it is no longer the case that we have to be registered with the Secretary of State. So we can now, um, anyone can help anyone else register to vote on a postcard registration. So, so that's you know, we did not stop registering voters. We uh, we filled out the paperwork and we um, grumpily took it to the Secretary of State on Moss a year and a half ago. And um, so we're back. We're back out registering voters. Unfortunately, Kansas is not. We did challenge our law, um, but we are still going to events to remind people, hey, are, are you registered to vote? Is your registration up to date? Our two lawsuits are currently um, at the Kansas Supreme Court. One, we're waiting for the opinion. Another one is was appealed, and so we're back to the Kansas Supreme Court. So some of our voter information things that we do are non our nonpartisan candidate forums. Um, what we're doing um, lately, though, is meet and greets, and that seems to draw both parties to these events. Um, they're, it, they actually like them. They have more one-on-one -on -one conversations with the voters. Um, we do that in, in partnership with our Johnson County Library System. And then um, we've been doing the uh, project with the Girl Scouts called Voter Girl, and um, they get a badge and they 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 actually vote. They bring a machine in and they they vote on things. We're actually trying to get that into the middle school program um, and even the high school level. So we really want to expand that opportunity. 
We also do a, an event called Souls to the Poles in Wyandotte County just to encourage people in low propensity areas in Wyandotte because this, um, they just don't go to the polls that often. So it's just weaving, weaving our cars through um, neighborhoods in Wyandotte County, just encouraging them to go to the polls. And of course, we have Vote for One. All right. And we also on the Missouri side and we're going to talk about the Kansas side and the Missouri side um, as, you know, differently because the voting laws are state by state. So um, we while we work together and collaborate as much as we can, we kind of have to stay separate because of the laws. Um, So we also on the Missouri side do nonpartisan candidate forums. We also have an election integrity project that. we're, we're trying to find ways that we can advocate for the safety of the people who are working at the polls. So if you're someone who goes and works as an election judge on election day, we want to make sure that you're safe. And we want to make sure that the that there are ways that we can um, advocate for good laws to keep you that to keep you safe. We also have a program, um, Ballot Measures Explained. We took that into the libraries last year. And this year, um, we are actually producing a graphic novel to reach some younger people who um, are interested in graphic novels and, and might find a, a library lecture boring. Um, we have lots of social media and then vote phone 411. So in addition to um, all those nonpartisan candidate forums, what we do, we have monthly programs throughout the year and these are our, our voter education programs. Um, they're they're typically about current events. So this past year we had them on um, school funding. We really talked about the voucher program, uh, the pros and cons of that. Um, we just did a, a topic on the immigration crisis. We've actually got one coming up that people people really come out to um, a program on what's on your ballot. And we're really encouraging vote local because this year is an election. Every year is an election year. And we're really stressing vote local. Um, Our our events are typically live streamed and then they're available on YouTube. We do collaborate with other civic rights organizations like the NAACP. We'll do um, with ACLU, Loud Light, and we're also collaborating with um, a couple groups in Wyandotte. One of them is the Voter Network of Wyandotte County. Uh, we do media outreach. We're trying to get our name out there and encouraging people to attend our programs. We have a speakers bureau. And then we have observer course where um, we'll go and make our presence known. Hey, there's a representative from the League of Women Voters. And they observe the the happenings of county government, city government, and our school boards. And they write a report. These are the actions that um, these governing boards took. These are the things that were discussed. And people are free to look look at that information. That's just part of the information that we pass along. So what's coming up in the Kansas legislative session for 2024 is about elections, of course, taxes, water, special education, medical marijuana, maybe, maybe not, and mental health. 
And so there's a special um, committee meeting that's being held this coming week, um, and only certain people were invited to attend. We were not. However, the the State League uh, of Kansas did submit written testimony on it. They want to change um, the advanced ballot deadline. Currently, if you have your ballot postmarked on election day and it takes three day three day grace period, they tried last year to eliminate that three day grace period. The governor vetoed but they were not able to override that veto. So we expect them to bring this back up again. Um, they want to remove drop boxes. Uh, and they want to, you know, it's always about ballot harvesting. You can't take more than 10. You can't, you know, they're even going to get to the point where you can't take somebody else to, um, take somebody to the polls for them to vote. Um, and then, of course, there's always... You know, do the voting machines have, are they secure and are they safe? Um, that's, that's always a bone of contention. So with taxes, um, they want to eliminate taxes. Well, that's great. Um, everybody wants to eliminate taxes. I don't like to pay taxes, but I realize the importance of paying them. They're, they're really looking at social security tax. And the marriage penalty specifically, and even um, taxing the the uh, the benefits for from your income from Social Security, they they really want to reduce and eliminate income tax on on retirement plans, and they they're looking to repeal um, expired or unused tax provisions. So water. Water, we need water. There's a shortage of water in Kansas, and the legislature continues to push the can down the road. They're not going to come up with new laws on on anything about water conservation. So they're not going to recommend any new laws this legislative session. What they are looking at is getting more information on how to use um percentage, very small percentage, that 0.1% of sales and use taxes, um, and looking at a $0.04 water bottle fee. They think they can raise about $67.6 million for um, the next fiscal year. So special education is always a hot topic in Kansas. Um, they, they don't fund special education the way that they need to. There we go. Thank you. Um, they're, they just don't fund special education. There's a need, but they don't fund it. Um, they're looking to increase 92% statewide. Um, they want to shift funding above the state constitutional requirement for special education. They want to amend the Kansas Special Education for Exceptional Children's Act. And they want to reestablish the Special Education Funding Task Force, as well as looking at changing the authorizing statute. So medical marijuana, Kansas wants it. The legislature does not. Um, 
the rumors out of the gate are that it, this is a non-starter issue. Um, the committee still met, discussed, well, what does the legislature need to do? Well, let's identify things, but not act on them. On testing, licensing, fees, how is medical marijuana going to be used in jails and correctional facilities? How will lab testing be regulated? And how would they expunge marijuana convictions? Again, that's going to happen. We don't think. Um, so mental health is a, a big issue, not just in Kansas, but throughout the world. Um, and in Johnson County specifically, just to give you a little bit of Johnson County history, um, we were very instrumental in getting the um, Johnson County Mental Health um, Organization up and running. Um, but statewide, um, the 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 legislator legislature is looking at releasing $15 million that's been appropriated for the Department of Aging and Disability um, that would open up a new state hospital. Now, several years ago, some state hospitals closed, lots of mental health facilities closed. This would open up one again. Um, and it would allocate $40 million to open a new 50-bed facility in Sedgwick County, which is Wichita. Great. We love Wichita. So um, to track some of the legislation, um, these are just screenshots that I took. Um, you can go to, you can go by whether it's the House or the Senate committee. Um, go to that particular committee, and then you can see, um, click on any bill that they have proposed, and it'll take you who originated the bill, who, you know, where it is in the committee. You can read the bill, I think it's original form, and then whatever amendments they make. Or you can go directly to the bill page, um, and I'll track it that way. So I encourage, if you're on the Kansas, how many of you are on the Kansas side? Oh, excellent. Welcome. Um, it, I encourage you to keep track of the, the, the bills that you're mostly interested in and write your legislators, write the committee, provide that written testimony, be ready to go. Just be ready to go. Okay, on the Missouri side... We think that some of the things that are coming up in the 2024 session include reproductive rights, citizen initiative petition process, voting rights, LGBTQ rights, and, and guns. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about each one of those. Um, there is, there is an, um, a, a ballot proposal that has been written um, that is out there. It is... Uh, but it is a proposal to amend the Constitution to allow for reproductive rights for women. Um, that proposal then, um, what they have to do is write a fiscal statement about it. And so that fiscal statement has been um, fought over in the courts. And after that was resolved, then the language of the ballot was 
fought over in the courts. And that is, I believe, as yet unresolved. And then, then there's been a third challenge to that, um, to that ballot initiative, um, that was brought by two members of the, uh, Missouri House. And so there's a lot of wrangling about this bill in the, uh, in the courts and um, also in the court of the public press. And so it's, it's not clear what's going to happen with that bill, but we anticipate that there will be, or not with the bill, with the um, amendment. So, but we do believe that there will, it will make it onto the ballot in some form. It may be in a written in a way that ha- includes some deceptive language. Um, that's something that happens fairly commonly. Um, so one of the things that we will do as the league is that we will try to explain that language. Um, that's what our program last year was, ballots, measures explained. We will do that again this year, I would anticipate, um, once we find out what the, what the actual ballot language is. Um, so that's one of the, you know, that's one of the fights that we see coming. Um, and related to that, is the citizens initiative petition. So the the way that it works in Missouri, we get to amend our constitution in Missouri and there are a couple of different ways, there are three ways actually that that constitution gets amended. Regularly we have um a const- we we vote to have a constitutional convention where we the the constitution Missouri state constitution says we have to reconsider whether we want to keep this constitution every so many years. We just had that happen. We said, no, we don't want to rewrite it. And most people didn't even know that happened. But the two most common ways that we change our constitution is that a citizen's group or an individual uh, write a petition and circulate it, get signatures. They want to change the law. They get enough signatures. It goes to a vote to, to the public. And in Missouri, we decide yes or no by 50% of the population plus one vote. And if it gets 50% yes plus one vote, then it's passed and we amend our constitution. Um, the other way that uh, an amendment can be proposed for the constitution is that the legislature proposes it and they have the same threshold. plus one. So there were many bills that were proposed last session, including um, HCS HJR 43, which would change the threshold to pass uh, a petition, an initiative, I'm sorry, to pass an amendment. So instead of it being 50% plus one vote, it would be 60%. That's That's an impossible bar to make. I mean, none of the, I think maybe one of the, of the uh, amendments in the history of Missouri would have passed with that, with that. I'm not even sure if I'm right about that. Um, But we don't think that that's reasonable at all. It's taking away the rights of you to change your amendment, to change your constitution, to decide how you want the laws to work in, in your state. Um, there were, there were other laws that were proposed last session, like SJR 28, which not only raised the threshold, but also said you have to get more 
signatures from more counties currently. If there's a certain number of counties. You have to have a certain percentage of counties that are participating, and they raise the threshold for that as well. So um, the current legislature is is doing a lot to try and make it harder for regular citizens to change the law. And we believe in a participatory democracy. So we, while we don't endorse candidates and we don't endorse or um, oppose parties, we do take stands on issues. And this is an issue that we've taken a stand on. And so we believe in the right for citizens to bring um, initiative petitions and for them to be, for the threshold to be reasonable. So we see that as a as an ongoing fight for us. Um, also in voting rights, so related, um, last year one of the one of the um, measures or one of the bills that was proposed was HB 391, which would prevent the courts from editing ballot language. So this is related to the last one as well. Um, so what happens? It happened with clean Missouri and dirty Missouri is that um, we'll get a ballot language that um, it's that's written in a deceptive way and there'll be a lawsuit and then the courts will rewrite that language. So this was a bill that said, no, no, whatever the deceptive language is, we're going we're to keep that. We're not going to we're not going to allow the court to edit it and make it clearer for the public so that the public makes an informed, educated decision. Um, they also from, proposed a bill that would make it easier for people to be removed from the roles. And so people might be removed from the roles and not realize that they're removed from the roles. We've actually been recommending for the last two years that you vote in every single election and that you check before you vote, at least two weeks before you vote, just double check and make sure that you're still registered. Make sure that everything's okay. Unfortunately, we have to be a little bit active in protecting our right to vote now. In in the past, it was you know it was a, and a given that you register, you you stay registered. But now you you have to actively protect that right to vote. And one of the ways that you can do that is to vote in every single election, even the boring ones, even the ones where there are just a couple of tax questions or or you're just voting for, you know, one local candidate. You you have to you have to vote in each election. Uh we have also seen some some really ugly LGBTQ bills that were proposed last year and some that were passed. Actually, these bills did pass last year. The ones that I talked about before did not pass. And um, I'm going to back up just a, you don't have to back up the slide, but I'm going to back up just a second to say that um, they, they did, they most, the bills that did not pass last year, the voting rights and the um, ballot, the, the citizens initiative bills didn't pass mostly because there was so much fighting between the legislators. So I, I would love to say that we had an influence because I do think we have an influence, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't them listening to us. It was some, some fighting among the ranks. And so that's one of the reasons we predict that these will come up again and again. The, these bills are referred to as zombie bills that just, just won't die. The, the, the ones, particularly the attacks on this citizens initiative petition, we've seen those years after, year after year for several years now. Um, but back to LGBTQ, 
So last year, um, a bill, it's got a really long name with a bunch of letters and numbers, but that's all one bill because it was cobbled together from a bunch of different bills. Um, said that no healthcare provider shall knowingly provide gender transition surgeries to any minor um, and that they also can't provide um, cross what they call cross-sex hormones or puberty-blocking drugs to a minor for a gender transition. Um, so that's until 2027 that, that that ban on care for transgender youth is in place. So that's something that will come up again because they'll want to renew that, I'm sure. Um, you know, these, these attacks on, on our LGBTQ, our, particularly our transgender youth, are, um, I think, really mean-spirited and targeted to so few people, um, so few young people and our most vulnerable community members. And so that's, that's something that will be standing up against um, at the league. And then finally, guns. Um, this one did not pass, but there was a proposed law last year that would allow concealed carry on public transportation because that's what we need are guns on buses. <laughs> so uh, we predict that will come back and that we, we of course, oppose guns on buses at the league. So these are the these are the legislative fights that we see coming um, down the pike. So where do you find information about the legislation that's going on in Missouri? Um, you can go to the Missouri House website, which is house.mo.gov. You can go to the Missouri Senate website, which is senate.mo.gov. You can also go to the League of Women Voters of Kansas City, Jackson Clay, Platte County which is lwvkc.org. You can go to our website and click on the legislative tracking page. We have a whole team of people who track legislation, and then we turn it around and uh, create legislative alerts, and we send them out via email. There, I, I should have, next year I will bring a, I'll have a slide with a sample of what that looks like. Um, but they're very easy to read. They tell you what the bill number is. Um, they tell you what uh, whether the league opposes or supports the bill. And they tell you um, just a brief description of the bill and then some talking points. So if you would like to, as Connie said, email your senator or your representative and weigh in or submit testimony. Um, and then we also have a place where you can just click right there and it will go to the lookup, the congressional lookup on um, the Missouri, the uh, either house.mo.gov or the Senate's page so that you can type in your address and find out who, who your representative is and you can submit tests. Or if it's testimony, we'll click to the testimony page for that bill. So we make it as easy as we can for you to participate, for you to submit testimony, for you to weigh in. We hope that you'll agree with us. But, of course, the uh, the beauty of a vibrant democracy is that you get to decide for yourself. So we give you as much information as we can, and then we let you decide for yourself. We, we do tell you if we've taken a stand, so we hope you'll come. Uh, we also have a podcast 
And it's once a week during the legislative session. It's called the Missouri Legis- Missouri League of Women Voters Missouri Legislative Update. Um, and you can find it wherever you get your pod- podcasts. And in the notes, the show notes, we have all those links so that you can just click. If you're listening to it on your phone, on your walk, you can just click it and then go and submit testimony while you're walking the dog. If you're, you know, if you're coordinated enough to not <laughs> drop your phone, <laughs> which I would not be. <laughs> um, so I encourage you, we have a spot on our website where you can sign up for our newsletter. If you sign up for the newsletter, you will get our weekly legislative alert and you'll see what we're, what legislation is coming up that next week that we're tracking. Um, so I kind of already talked about this, but we do hope that you will get involved, that you will email your representatives and your senators, that you'll follow us on social media. Um, that's one of the best ways to reach young people is to um, engage in social media. And the more people engage with the social media, commenting, liking, the more it goes out, the more the algorithm sees that and and spreads the message. So we encourage you to um, to follow us on social media or LWVKC on all of the social media platforms. We we are also on social media, LWVJoker.org. So Vote 411 is a great way to find out what issues um, are coming up on your ballot, but also more importantly, the races that you'll see on your ballot and who's running it for that particular office. There's also um, on the on the Kansas side uh, a couple of questions that we ask the candidates to answer. Those answers are, are also on four one one vote four one one. And if your particular candidate is on there for your particular municipality or school district, I encourage you to say, "Hey, candidate." Please answer the vote 401 so that I can know more about you. Um, that's always a way to to encourage them. And then um, again, join all our social medias. Follow follow us. Um, we do not have a podcast yet, um, but we are also on Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever it is this week, um, Instagram, and and YouTube. So again, we we uh, live stream and put our um, programs up on YouTube. We'll teach you how to do a podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, do we have any questions? So let's have a question here. And stand right. See, straddling the S. Morning. I'm sorry, I missed part of it. In fact, uh, thank you, Connie, for being here. Um. My question on the 411 on the Kansas side is, do you know at this point whether in the local races coming up, uh, you have gotten answers from most of the candidates or not? And of course, I'm in Roland Park for a few more months, but. I don't know the specifics. Um, I think in Olathe, <laughs> I know that doesn't help you in, in Roland Park, but I think um, there were only like three questions that they asked. So I. Uh, I'm not sure, but double check. I'll check with my candidates this afternoon. And if they're not, reach out to those candidates and say, hey, fill that out so that you're informed. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Carol. Good to see you. 
And if I can add that, those um, responses and all that information for each election is live um, by two weeks before the election. Good morning. Hi, I'm a fellow leaguer, and you know that. Uh, but I think it'd be helpful to explain to our audience how uh, when the league takes a position for or against an issue, it's based upon a position that's studied. You might do a little a little uh, brief description of the the extent of a study. And uh, then secondly, make it, uh, I think it'd be helpful to make it clear that a member does not have to agree with the league's position, just can't speak publicly. You might address that too as you talk. Right. So um, there are positions on three different levels. There's the U.S. has a position, the state would have a position, and then the local league could have a position. And it could just be as simple as saying, we agree with the state, we agree with national. Um, I can tell you what's happening on the Kansas side. Um, I just recently chaired um, the position update on redistricting that took a good year, um, year and a half to get totally um, completed um, from start to finish approval at our convention. Um, but there's another one that's taking place on election methods, and that's really a two-year study. Um, and it leaguers participate, they ask questions, they go research, um, and then they bring it to the state league for approval, and then they um, kind of go out to actually the state board for approval. Then they go out to each local league to vote on whether they concur or consensus, depending on what's going on. And then it's voted by the membership at the local convention. Um, probably how you guys do it too. Um, and then, yeah, you know, local. Um, Local members are free to disagree. We're just telling you that our position comes from research that we've done, going out to different organizations, different um, documentation. We thoroughly research the pros, the cons, um, and we take a position. And that's where our advocacy comes from, um, national, state, local. Yeah, just... Just one more thing to add that we don't actually advocate if we don't have a position. So um, sometimes like you know, on the Missouri side, we don't have a ton of positions about education that apply to charter schools and what's going on right now in, in charter schools. So we don't, we don't tell our members, you know, that we oppose or, or support a particular position on um, we don't we don't tell them what to say when they call their representative. Um, so we will still put out information about those issues or the pending legislation. But if we don't have a position, we won't ask our members to uh, to you know for a yes or no. It occurred to me that the uh, use of issue referendums is much greater in Missouri than it is in Kansas. Uh, we did have one last year on the abortion issue, but that came out of the legislature. So could you explain, um, uh, especially in Kansas where I'm from, um, when and how uh, issue referendums uh, are used and also how that differs from Missouri? Sure. Um, so in Missouri, you have the benefit of 
citizen-initiated referendums. Kansas does not. Everything, any kind of issue referendum um, for the state constitution has to come out of the legislature. Really? Yes. Uh, It comes from the legislature. So if they're opposed to anything, they're not going to, it's not going to happen. You just need different legislators that agree with you on that particular issue to get it through. Is there a way to have a referendum to get rid of that law? Um, There is a way. It's to elect a different legislator. And I'm not telling you which one that is or the party that they're affiliated with because we do not endorse candidates or parties. And I I do want to say that that is one of the biggest fights that we'll have this year um, to protect in Missouri, to protect our citizen initiative petition process. That's really important to us. My question is directed to Ann Calvert. Uh, Let's say that the league has a position on such things, uh, regressive taxes. I know that the league and overall nationally uh, at state level, et cetera, is opposed to regressive taxes. Let's say there's going a bit a proposal for a large a regressive, what we view as a regressive tax. What are the vehicles that you use to make the league's position known? And as opposed to uh, just explaining what uh, the the tax is about, uh, what do you? How do you interact with the media? How do you interact with community groups? Because I know you are an activist organization, mm-hmm. not just passive and in explaining. Yep, that's a great question. So we have sort of two two channels. Uh, We have education and we have advocacy. And we think it's important that they are a little bit separate Um, because we, when we are educating, it's, you know, after the fact, um, and we want to make sure that everyone has all the information that they need. And we have a voter education committee that handles um, voter education events and uh, producing voter education materials. And the the information that comes out of that committee is uh, we walk right down the middle on that inf- with that information. Um, then we have an advocacy group. We have our legislative action team and and that group, does advocate. And so that group does inform both our members and the public um, about the positions that the league has. And so we will advocate, and that is a, that is a different beast. Um, so, for example, we predict a fight over the Citizens Initiative petition. So we will have people going out into the community to inform the public what is an initiative, a citizen's initiative petition, um, how is it different from the legislative initiative petition, how, how do we, um, you know, how does that come to be, what are the things that are on this ballot this year, and that that will be 
without us talking about our position. But we will also have a campaign where we try to sway voters to save the initiative petition process, to uh, to vote against whatever is happening. I mean, we don't know how the legislature will will you know if it'll be um, an an amendment that they propose, or if it'll be just laws that they enact that restrict our right to an initi- our initiative petition. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we're ready for an advocacy um, campaign to try and and sway voters. So we have two separate channels and two separate committees, and so um, that that's a really good question, and it's a. It's something we've been discussing a lot in the last year or two. How do we approach that? Because we are, uh, we're well regarded as a national organization. And one of the reasons we're well, well regarded is because we are nonpartisan and because we do not endorse candidates. And, and in this time of such, um, polarization, to be trusted is is a, a really valuable thing, and I think one of the only ways that we can get people to truly listen and maybe consider the facts in a in a calm and um, rational way. Just to add to to what Anne said, we also do um, letters to the editor. We um, encourage our members to. Um, to echo our message, we will also do op-eds. Social media is probably the biggest thing that we have. Um, last year for our reproductive right um, issue that we were we were against the value of them both. Um, we um, had contact with the voters. Um, we went door knocking. We were part of a coalition and we knocked doors and we made phone calls. And to kind of give you an idea, we are following that campaign up with writing 2,000 postcards to those first-time voters from last year. So we want to reach those young people to vote in the election. That This election is just as important as the one before and the one that will come to next year. Um. Uh, in all these ballot issues, there's always the term uh, dog whistles that come up. And um, and the, in your questions to the legislature, is it possible to use that technique to, like, uh, ask them if they believe the Earth is only 5,000 years old or they believe in evolution as one of your questions? In the vote 411 questions, yes, you mean? Right. Um, that's a... That's a committee level decision to what questions they ask, and we we only ask two questions for each candidate, and okay. so they're they're generally more general than that. Right. Yeah. Um, the YouTube uh, listener here, Richard Thompson, he says, um, "Have there been any efforts to bring uh, actual experts, psychologists, psychiatrists, etc., in to talk to, about gender affirming care for minors?" Academics are generally for that for getting treatment. Has there been any effort to bring them into to uh, the legislature, legislature, or to the legislative sessions? You mean? 
Um, that's not clear in this question, but, uh, I mean, that's not something that we have researched, Mm -hmm. um, extensively. Um, and I don't, I don't know who testified. I'm, I'm sure that there were some legislators who asked for experts to come and testify. And and I'm sure on both sides of the aisle, they had experts, people they considered experts come in and testify. Um, hi again. I think it'd be helpful to discuss funding. Where do you get your money from? You know, think about the dues, donations, partnering with NAACP, ACLU. How that, how money works in the in Derek? Sure. So we're, um, as we mentioned or alluded to before, we are um, a national organization. We're a state organization, and we are a local organization. And our members pay dues. And um, though we have a sliding scale, so we don't want dues to be a barrier. Um, so you can become a member of the league for very little cost. Um, and then you can also donate generously to the league if you'd like. So um, some of our income comes from our member fees. Um, lots of it comes from donations. We, in fact, just had a fundraising event uh, earlier this week called Peace, Love, Vote. And we don't know yet what the numbers are, but we made some money from that. Um, but for, uh, and then we also have some money invested, of course. Um, but for us, it's mostly, I'd say it's about half donations at the local level. Um, and then we get support from the state. We get some grants from the state. Um, we also get support from national, from the national organization. Um, they provide us with resources and tools that we can use. We've got um, our next meeting is in October on a Saturday morning. I believe it's October 8th, but I'd have to look at my calendar. Um, and we will have somebody from the national organization coming in to talk to us about how we can best advocate and um, about what's you know what's on the radar for the national league um, because we talk so much about local we sometimes forget that there's national stuff going on too um, so that's where our funding comes in um, we don't have enough money though so we we don't have enough money the more money we um, we have the more we can print up you know, information about voter ID. We have a very strict voter ID law here in Missouri, and lots of people don't know that they have to have a current Missouri or federal government issued ID to vote in Missouri. That's a fairly new law. And so we um, we spread that information in as many restaurants, gas stations. Um, we even took that door-to-door um, as we possibly could, but that takes money. We've got to, we've got to print it. We've got to buy those little door knocker thingies that hang on the door. Um, oh, it's, it takes money to print a graphic novel to engage younger voters. It takes money to pay for vote four one one. We don't get that for free. We get it subsidized, but not for free. Good question. Very similar on the Kansas side. Um, dues, donations, grants. Um, Yes. So we never have enough and we always have to decide which is more important. Do we do this event or do we do this event? Do we print this brochure? Do we print brochure? 
and do we print this brochure in Spanish or this brochure in Spanish? So, um, yeah, I think she also was asking about our partnerships with ACLU and there's a coalition in Missouri called the Missouri um, MOVPC, Missouri Voter Protection Coalition. And we have some attorney, there are some attorneys that involved with that coalition who do work pro bono. Um, and so when we sue, when we partner with ACLU, we are coming on as plaintiffs in those lawsuits, but most of the funding is actually through some lawyers who work for us pro bono. So we're really grateful to have that, that assistance. Thank you for coming. And I'm going to follow up on the Spanish translation piece. And you may have addressed this earlier and I missed it, but uh, what specific outreach do you have to Hispanic communities and how much of what percent of your material would you say has been translated into Spanish for outreach? Um, we've got, uh, I don't know the exact numbers of where we go. Our DEI committee um, in Johnson County really leads that effort along with our voter information team and voter registration team um, for very I don't like using the word targeted, very focused um, areas where where that goes. Um, it It's going to schools. Um, I know KCK, we're, we're doing stuff in KCK particularly. Um, it will also go to um, different organizations and say, here are the printed material. We're taking it to libraries and things like that. Um, how much? Not nearly enough. Um, I, I couldn't tell you how many we have, um, but our goal is to get, if we're taking it out into the community, it needs to be in Spanish as well. Yeah, and on the Missouri side, um, we partner with Revolución Educativa, and so they we have some volunteers in that organization that help us translate our uh, lots of our printed materials and also our ballot measures explained program. We did um, one of those was translated live and then there's a recording of that. And so that's been made available. Um, so we work with them. The The percentage of materials, I, maybe to 20 to 25 percent, which is not good enough. Um, but two years ago, we also uh, translated some materials into Arabic, and we partnered with um, Canby Foods in Missouri. Canby Foods is a an organization that puts fresh produce into um, uh, convenience stores in inner city neighborhoods, and they have you know big coolers like you would see at the grocery store uh, um, with fresh produce that's reasonably priced and so they allowed us to put on the side of their coolers um, packets full of information about um, voting and how to vote and what the new requirements were for for voter ID and so those we translated into Spanish and into Arabic and we had about 5,000 total go out and uh, probably 20% of those were translated. 
Following up on your comments uh, for Missouri upcoming legislation, uh, usually every year the budget is a big issue. And does the league look at the budget and identify issues in the budget debates? The the league does look at the budget. That's uh, they do that more at the state level, and they also look at taxes at the state level. And so, part of the uh, newsletter that we send out once a week is a recap of what happened the week before that is written by our state leaders. And so there's more information about that. I I can I am not as well versed in the budget and taxes as they are at the state level, but we do make that information available. Is there a budget issue you expect to be big in Missouri this year? I I would have to give you an answer to that later because I would have to consult with the state league people. That's very wonderful. I thank you very much for your time. I think we're our time has expired. Uh, join us again next week to hear Tony Casey and Heather Bradley Geary discuss solving Kansas City's housing crisis. Thank you very much. And thank you for letting us come and talk. Thanks for listening. And now stay tuned for Jazz in the Afternoon at 1 p.m., followed by the Happy Hour at 3 p.m., and the Heartland Labor Forum at 6 p.m. All right here on KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio. Have a great day.